So where are you today? Right this moment, are you in the car, at work, in the kitchen, out for a walk? What are you thinking and feeling right now? Are you happy, tired, sick, anxious? How does the truth that God is with you right now, right where you are, and that he understands your thoughts and feelings encourage you? Second Chronicles 16, nine tells us, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. Let this sink in for a minute. Everywhere you are today, God's eyes are on you. His eyes are not glaring in condemnation. Instead, they are filled with tenderness, desiring to give you strong support. Let's savor his nearness as we hear stories of God's presence in the everyday, ordinary lives of women. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. Hopefully, you found something relatable in part one of our conversation about what it means to be poor in spirit. We pick that up now with some thoughts about how to maintain a mindset of humility as we go through our days. Here's the rest of our conversation. There's the, okay, I start my day, Lord, take this day, you know, I surrender this to you. But then as I go to my work, or I I tell people I have the spiritual gift of forms. Um, (laughs) So that's like one of my gifts. And what I find is the challenge of, hey, I'm really good at this. So how do I stay poor in spirit, feeling like I need the Lord's? Okay, so that's a mistake. It's not a mistake, but a lot of people can't get out of that because they're so guilt-ridden about their sin. You don't have to stay poor in spirit. That's not where that's not where you should live. Where you should live is a dependence that is not poor in spirit, but is alive in spirit. And that thing that drives us to experience God every day every moment and where our circumstances don't matter we still have that joy jenny that you were talking about then and only then can we say oh that's why i can pray without ceasing because i'm continually talking with god during the day having the holy spirit move me in the ways that i couldn't possibly move in myself i don't i don't have that gift of of just being anything other than what God wants me to be right now. I think too with that real quick is the whole idea of like that giftedness you have of forms or mm. or whatever. Gift. Knowing that it is only given to you by the Lord mm-hmm. from the beginning. Like I think of when you're around really talented people or really intelligent people and they just pick up stuff so fast oh. and it's can be a little intimidating. Married to one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but like, it's just who he is or, and it's just who you are. And isn't that a beautiful thing? You know, you're God's workmanship created. So in the Christ poor Jesus. in spirit is more the acknowledgement I of think so. this is the- my gift that God gave me as opposed to, I got to go do this because this is my job. Well, I think it comes back to humility, right? So like God removes, you You can't do this on your own. You, you get to this place of humility where you have to have dependence on him. And it's not a place of guilt. It's a, it's a place of, yes, this led me to repentance in you. 
but mm-hmm. I'm going to stay in this state of humility where like Psalm 115 one says, not to us, not to us, O Lord, but to your name be the glory. So whatever, whatever you have given me, I'm going to do that to the very best of my ability. The world and believers are going to give us accolades for doing a good job. Bravo. That's great job. You're so good at your job. Wow. I'm amazed. How do you say that organized? How are your cabinets so neat when you have kids or whatever it might be? But what, what it, but the thing is, is that God gave each of us very specific gifts, right? He, delineates that very well in scripture. Like you have this gift and you have this gift. And so we just have to say, Lord, like any praise that I'm getting, I I just have to deflect it to you because I, I don't, I don't deserve it because I don't have this talent because I'm awesome. I had this talent because right. you're awesome. And so, I mean, I'm super organized too. I, I got you. I'm a wedding planner. And I think it's very easy to be like, well, super good at that today. You know, but then God has a way of bringing me back to that poor in spirit humility state because, you know, things go, you know, and the day collapses in on itself. Sure. And, you know, that's just God says, see, I'll show you poor in spirit. Well, not, not like I'm going to chide you for that, but just see Jenny, like, like I'm going to give you the gifts and you're going to have moments where you're going to be able to use those. And that's going to be fabulous. But then I'm going to say, Hey, I'm going to bring you back and say, Jenny, you have to say, even though I'm good at that, I still can't do that without Jesus. That's good. Or it's from him from the beginning. Seriously, people, people, now we're talking about culture, right? They're like, oh, you know, if I can only look deep into myself and I can only fix myself and get to know myself. <laughs> Then I will, I have a very funny face. You can't see me, but, uh, you know, then, (laughs) then my life will be better. I'm like, look, I don't want to be myself. Right. I want to be who Jesus has me to be. Myself is not good. It's It's a train wreck. It is a hot mess express. It is not good. It is real, real bad. You know, we talked about how we get on our knees. We ask God, please, Lord, please help me today. I can just, and then I get one child out of bed. They don't want to put their clothes on. And it's like. Boom. I'm like back to, okay, this is not fun. I don't like this. This is bad. And I just revert right back to who I was before. And so I've been trying really hard to be like, God, please help me take a deep breath. Help me say, okay, it's okay. We're going to work through this together because my joy and my patience is not coming from Jenny pulling it out of her bootstraps. It's from Jesus saying, okay, Jenny, slow down. Look at your child. Help her in this moment have grace that I'm showing you. And so it's just, it's very hard, but, but people want to be both, they say that, oh, I'm the problem. And then they think they can also be the solution. They can't right, be the right. problem and the solution. Jesus is the solution yeah. and but, the only one. But all of us are created. You were saying, I don't want to be me. I don't, you know, because I'm a mess. We all are, right? But there's, a, there's something in all of us that is God-given and God-endowed with gifts to glorify him. Mm-hmm. And I think so often... It's that pausing and that thanking God in our area, in our sphere, in our community. It's nothing in and of ourselves. Right. Like we did, that's grace, right? It's completely and totally God's grace that we've been given. Well, and it's a constant battle, certainly with our culture in, in that whole you know, work harder, be better. Yeah, because the culture saying you achieved it. You achieve by what you've accomplished and how hard you worked yeah. and whatever. And yet. Or you have some great inner peace that you've accomplished by setting aside time to meditate. You know, yeah. 
You've, so it's a battle with the culture. It's also a battle within ourselves. And, you but, know, there may be... Not to be prideful. There right. There may be some of our listeners that have not even really discovered that they have a gift. And I think that's really important, too, to understand that there is something that God is calling you for. And it is uh, something that, you're, that you can give over to Him. He will give you enough grace. It's all sufficient if you just step forward and start learning what your gift is if you don't know what it is. I, a disclaimer here, there really is not a spiritual gift of forms. Um, <laughs> there is but, but the spiritual God, gift of administration. Yeah, but, but our God is a God of order. Yes. And so and I think that's a very they're absolutely reflective of who his image is. Is the gift of administration. I think what I meant was that at the very start of my life, like there is no good in me. Like I am depraved. I am full of sin. I I have nothing good in me without the grace of Jesus Absolutely. and his mercy in my life. Yeah. No, and definitely. so, but the world does not say that. They say, oh, I'm a good person or, 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 you know, we just got to figure out the good and, and we're just gonna do some good things. I'm well, it's like you that. said, it's, you can't be the problem and the solution. No. And if our problem as human beings is sin, because we're bent that way, we can't fix that problem. No, Jesus is the can't. only thing that can fix that problem. I love the illustration. I think it's Psalm 40. It says, you know, like that I'm, I'm in the mud, in, in the mire, and that God pulls me out of the mud and the mire, sets my feet upon the rock, and gives me a firm place to stand. Here's me in the quicksand. I'm like, I'm dying. I I'm going to drown. I can't do it. My sin. It's it's literally sucking me in without God's mercy and grace in my life saying, no, I'm going to set your feet upon my rock. I'm going to give you a firm place to stand. And I can't take any credit for my salvation. I can't take any credit for the good that is in me. I can't do that because I'm not. Jesus saved me. He did all of the good work that was needed to, to save me. When we recognize that, I think that also leads us into a place where it gets us to being poor in spirit, where we know that that has to, that has to come from the Lord. And if we don't first understand that, then I, don't, I think we're going to miss the mark on everything else. I love that passage that you're speaking about in Psalms where you're sinking and you're in the mire and you're covered up because that reminds me that the cross shows us just how disordered, unruly, and dependent people we are on ourselves. Mm -hmm. But then it also shows us how much value we have to God the Father because of him sending that son, his son to us. Right. Lots of value, lots of grace. Because we were created in his image, right? Like he did not just be like, yo, yo, what up? I'm going to make whatever this thing is. We are a reflection of him. We have some of his 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 attributes like creativity, loving order, <laughs> like, like exactly. um, you know, um, and, and the fact that, you know, being able to love and having those, those fruits of the spirit, like all of those are because we're made in his image. And so I love that we have such value being poor in spirit, coming to a place of humility, knowing that you have sin doesn't make you worthless. It should make you say, wow, God, that you so loved me that you sent your son for me. Like you believe that I am that valuable blows my mind. I still can't get over that. I've been a Christian a long time. I still can't get over <laughs> that. that. That Jesus would love me. Right. 
Yeah. Even, <laughs> even if you were the only person on the earth, yeah. he would still come for you. So the second part of that verse that says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they'll inherit the kingdom of God. So talk about that, or kingdom of heaven. Sorry. Well, I, I kind of alluded to that when I was thinking about that. What I did is I circled back to the verse after I realized how broken I was, poor in spirit, and says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that's exactly what Jesus preached. He said, repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that means it's here. You can touch him. You can see him. You can understand him. And it is all about then looking at what Jesus taught about the kingdom of heaven. The New Testament is replete with the kingdom of heaven is like. This is what the kingdom of heaven is. And a lot of his parables, you know, some people understood and some people didn't. But with the Holy Spirit, we can take all of those sayings, those things that Jesus was trying to tell us, look, I have a completely different way for you to live. It is not strapped down. It is free. And it's for you. Here's what you do when you are angry. Here's what you do when you've broken a Ten Commandments. Because, we, you know, we're all recovering sinners. Of course. Working out our salvation, as Paul says, and that is every day, so that the one day when Jesus comes back and we will be like him, that means that this troubled life that we're all living, it's not our final home. Mm-hmm. It is in, in the process of, of moving forward in sufficient grace, unmerited favor that he will always pour out on us when we are wanting to be with him. And God wants us to be with him. Sure. He wants worship from us. If you don't seek God every day, if you don't see him in your life maybe, then you're not going to find him. Right. And he's not going to make you. He's not going to come down and have an explosion of himself in you. He wants you to do that seeking every day. When I think of heaven... I think that that is where God is, right? Yes. So, like, I asked my daughter one time because she was asking me some questions about heaven, and she was like, "There's going to be streets of gold, and there's going to be." Where I was telling, "Well, then there's like a, a new heaven. There's a new Jerusalem, and it has like jewels on the gates and like all of this stuff." And she was like, "That is awesome. I would love to go there." And I said, "But Lottie, would you want to go there if God wasn't there? Do you love heaven just because it seems fancy?" Or do you want to go because that's where God is? And I think that's what, obviously, the answer is that I want to be there because that's where God dwells, right? And so, but when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is here, that's the amazing, crazy thing is heaven is twofold, right? It is here present with us now, like, because we can have a relationship with him. I can be with God. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's with us. And then he gave us his Holy Spirit to dwell in us. He is with us every single moment. Like that is experiencing that aspect of heaven, that God is with us. And that is amazing. That's why in the midst of a world full of chaos, you can be at peace. That's why in a world that says truth is relative, truth is, you know, five, two plus two is five, you know, you can say, and be okay and not doubt yourself and not be so overwhelmed with fear because I'm resting in what I know is true. And that is because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm resting in that. 
But then what a gracious moment when he says, now let heaven in its fullest sense become real to you, where you're taken out of this place of sin and brokenness, where even the world is groaning under the weight of sin. Let me take you not just to where he is now, but one day he will make all things new. Pastor David kind of briefly touched on that a few weeks ago. And I was like, praise the Lord. I cannot wait for that day where this world is made new. There's no more tears. There's no more pain. There's no more sorrow. And we will get to experience heaven in its fullest sense, that kingdom of God in its fullest sense. But we we can have it in part now. You know, in fact, John says in one of his epistles that very soon... Like when we see Jesus, we will be like him. When I think of how people think, well, Jesus came to give us eternal life, and he did do that. Thanks be to God that he saved us from that. But really, what you said about heaven here now, it's eternal living. Now. You do not have to wait for eternal life when you die. Well, it's kind of like Jesus and his prayer, the Lord's prayer, on earth as it, it is, is in heaven. heaven. Right. It's a twofold thing. It's it's now and now and then. Now and in the future. That new heavens and the new earth mm-hmm. that Jenny was talking about. Those streets. I can of gold. barely talk about that without bursting into tears. Yeah, I it's know. just. Well, I can see the tears in your eyes. It's, it's over. But I love that next. I love that next part of the Lord's prayer. Where it says, "Give us this day our daily." Yeah bread, right? Jesus didn't say, go change the world by becoming the president or whatever. And yes, now I'm in control. I can change the world. No, he said, no, daily, I'm going to give you the bread that you need to follow me. Remember, like, at, do the next right thing. Like, well, and he does, back I mean, he does give some people, some people, large platforms, oh, definitely. but for but most of us, he gives us our family, our neighbors, mm-hmm. our city, yeah, and if church. he gives you that large platform, Take use it. it for his glory. Right. Do it. Yeah. But don't be like, oh, well, God didn't give me a big platform, so I guess I don't have to do nothing. Well, God gave us each, like y'all are calling it a platform. What I like to, and what I've learned from my studies is we each have our own kingdom. It starts with us, and we rule that kingdom because we have we make our own choices then how far does that kingdom spread out to, to our family? Right. And so you may think you don't have a kingdom, but the very minute that you don't think you do that or that you have that, I could say, could I have your purse, please? I'd like to, I'm, I'm just going to go through it. See, we push back on that's, that's us. That's what we want to have a hold of. And that is what we need to give up. Right. We need to stop being the ruler of our own kingdom. And I just love that Jesus preached that. He said, I will be your king. I will be the one that will guide you. Here's another one, just like me, the comforter, coming to give you the abundant life that I told you you would have, the life of peace, life of grace, all of these things that you think, I can't get that on my own. Here it is. I think we also have to be really careful when we are like, we have to make sure that 
when we talk about like abundant life and we talk about those things that we're not defining them from the world's definition of exactly, but that we're defining them from how Jesus defines them. I would have everything. I do have everything. Even if I had nothing physical because I have Jesus. Right. And so when he talks about like abundance, he's not talking like prosperity and like (laughs) all of that jazz. He's talking like you have me and that is enough. And I feel, I feel like, man, that's like such a temptation too, to be like, I have to have this, I have to have this, I have to have this. But more like, you know, we're talking about having our own, our own kingdom that well, we're, we're not kings, we're not queens of those kingdoms, we're not, but it, we're, we're more like stewards. Exactly. Where we're like, hey, like God has given this sphere to me, so I'm going to be a steward of that and do my best of my ability to use this sphere, influence the sphere for the Lord. Everything you're saying is making me think about, you know, the order that God places. Even now, he has placed order in our lives, and there's structure, there's family unit. There's a reason why God gives us family, you know? It's a sense of order. Right. So you were talking, to about being counter, you know, it all begins at home. And in my house growing up, I had a single mom. But, and then my grandparents kind of, so I kind of lived in two houses, sort of, kind of. And so there were a lot of pictures and things on the wall that were much further generation back. And there was this one that was so 1960s looking, you thinking bright colors, but it was like this peace dove, black and white. And it said, world peace begins at home. And that's such a simple phrase, but it's exactly kind of what we're talking about. Like within the kingdoms, little kingdoms God has given us, he's calling us to be faithful, to set rules and order that, you know, are in line with him. And then that outstretches into our our culture from there. We have to be faithful with what we've been given. I also think we have to stand firm. Who God actually made you to be is under attack. It is so easy to be like, oh, I just don't want to stir the pot. I don't want to be, but maybe like the best, the very best thing you can do is just say, no, I'm going to stay firmly planted on the word of God, though it may cost me whatever it may cost me, because I can't afford to take my feet off of the rock. And sometimes nobody but you will notice that you've stood firm. No, sometimes no one will notice. Right, right. And and at the end, that is going to be where we're found faithful in those very, what seems like everyday Southern things to us are, you know, those things that also transfer over to being biblical things are going to be the things that are, as moms, we have to stand firm in those things and we cannot waver. This question kind of just came to me, but this idea that we're poor in spirit and that that's, a, that's something that we need to, to cultivate in our lives. So many of the things that I think Jesus ask us to do or told us would be beneficial there's freedom in them even though they seem difficult like to me maybe day by day in and day out this whole poor in spirit thing may feel like a struggle to me and yet when i am submitted and i am understanding that i can't do anything without him there's freedom in that what does that look like for you what how how do you find being poor in spirit freeing in our culture there are things that barrage you every single day with oh you need to do this as a mom or you need to try this or you need to do this or you need to do that and if i can say that my parenting is coming from the word of god 
if I can say that the way that I am going to talk about my husband to people is coming from the word of God. Those things are... You don't have to listen to the outside voices. No, no, you, you don't have, have to. Yes, there's a freedom. thank you, Sarah. Yeah, thank you. I no, was I'm like, I can't remember you. exactly what the question no, was. But I was definitely on the right track. <laughs> I think I, it just frees me from being able right. to be... I can look at someone's, you know, daughter is like reading chapter books and they're six. I don't have to be like, my daughter's not reading chapter books. I'm a failure as a mom. Right, like, right. I can say, because I... I, I am poor in spirit because I have humility because I know that my abilities only come from God and that he's also working in my children separately from that with their gifts and talents and their abilities and his Holy Spirit work in his in, in their each of individual lives. I don't have to say, oh my gosh, I don't measure up. I right. can just say, wow, bravo. I'm so happy for you and genuinely be happy for you. Not just like sarcastically, like, oh, so happy for you. I, I can be like, <laughs> I am genuinely excited for you because I am free because I know where my own value and worth right, comes from. Right. And you know where their value and worth comes from. I think that's something in our culture that yes. we, the culture. The comparison. Struggles with is inerrant value and worth in each individual creation walking this planet. Right. You know, When I was saying a little while ago about that God doesn't want you to stay in that broken spirit mode, I, I think what I was trying to get across is, is there are a lot of Christians out there that you know have a belief that they know they're saved, and then they have this long pause before they get to seeing all of the fruit of the Spirit that we can be because they're set, sort of just keep thinking about that. Right. And uh, when Paul talked about moving from being called to justified to sanctified to glorified, we want to be in a constant mode of being sanctified, being coming holy. And what you said earlier was like, there's nothing good about me. Right. But... If we can pour ourselves into what Jesus has in store for us right now by learning what he meant in all of his teachings and just let that settle into our beings, that is where you can understand that you are still a sinner, that you are needing help from him, and that you move forward in this growth of being sanctified, approaching holy holiness. Because like I said earlier, the farther away you get from God, you, you can really think that you're pretty good. Yeah. Right. The closer you get, you realize just how much of a, a sinner you are. Confess all day long, the minute, the minute you right. sin. <laughs> and he's going to be faithful. He's going to be just, oh dear, just and cleanse us from all that unrighteousness so that we can move forward into Christ-likeness. In Psalm 40, verses 16 and 17, David writes, But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I'm poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. Everywhere you are today, may you seek the Lord and be confident in knowing that He alone is your help and your deliverer. 
Thank you for listening. Please join us again.